Hey, welcome to the Peg Leg Podcast. This is episode 33. It's called, Are You Willing to Know Me and Let Me Know You? I was in college and I, I found out about this speaker who was coming, sponsored by a student organization. And I was intrigued because it was a businessman talking about purpose. Two things that I was curious about because I didn't really grow up around white-collared professionals. My upbringing was more of a blue-collar environment, and I didn't know anything about that world. So that was interesting to me. But the purpose side of it was something that had been stirring big time in me. I was deeply pursuing uh, understanding about big questions. And so I was spending time with a Christian student organization. I would pop in on Jewish student meetings and at the Hillel group and on Tuesday nights. And then I would hang out with these Muslim students on a regular basis and even eat Ramadan dinner with them. I joined the philosophy club, great books discussions, got a job at the library just to learn and soak stuff in. And um, in the midst of that pursuit, this advertisement came out that this speaker was coming. This guy was coming to talk about business and purpose. And I went to it and I was observing that he and I were very different. You know, we dressed different. We talked different. He came from what seemed to me to be a very different world. But underneath all of that was this draw to something that he had on a deeper level, a knowing about life, a rootedness, a groundedness, where you could tell his purpose and his relationships were the most important thing to him which is rooted for him and his faith in God and a sense of calling. And the way that he talked about that was really attractive. And I could tell it was real. And I was watching him from the back of this room and uh, thinking to myself, I want to inherit that. I want to see what he's seeing. And so anyways, after the talk, I went up and I asked him for his email address. And uh, I said, basically, hey, can I have your email address? I have some questions about the things you were talking about. And I just would like more time with you if you're willing to let me ask those questions. And, uh, you know, the next day I emailed them and we set up lunch. Um, and that was, that was 20 years ago. That was over 20 years ago, 23, 24 years ago. And we still get together for lunch. Uh, he's played a massive role in my life on multiple levels. Funny thing, looking back, he told me that I was the one person in the room that he was convinced wasn't listening. I was totally disengaged from his perspective. But the reality was, I guarantee you, I was probably the most engaged in that room. But I didn't look like it, which is a little side note in and of itself. Like how often we make assumptions about people's facial expressions or body language and we're totally wrong about what they're feeling and thinking and but anyways, uh, one of the reasons that relationship was so powerful to me was it helped me open my eyes to what was going on in the world, other ways of seeing things, but also other ways of seeing myself. And that type of interaction, that type of conversation with somebody who's older and wiser than me became something that I was addicted to. I just wanted to know more. I didn't want to feel clueless which I did. I felt clueless. And that's like the paradox of what 
ultimately motivates us to seek out relationships that help us evolve, the, the paradox, the combination, the tension inside of us that most fruitfully propels us toward that, toward those relationships that help us to see ourselves better, to see our circumstances with clearer eyes, to see vision, what's possible, to see how to get there, um, to understand wisdom. Like that, that tension, the paradox in us is this combination of realizing how little you know mixed with the belief of how much is possible. And when those two things exist simultaneously, it gives us just that extra burst of curiosity and courage to seek out relationships that make us better. And one of the, one of my favorite um, experiences with this was, like I said, I was addicted. I was addicted to finding people who would help me see myself better. And I'm telling you, it wasn't because I was uh, was super smart and mature and, me, and thinking like, um, I, I know that this is the best way to grow. It was more like, I. it wasn't a cognitive thing as much as an intuitive knowing that I am virtually clueless and there's so much potential in me. And being comfortable with those two things was like, ah, I got to find more people to help me see more. I was just so hungry. And this one time I was looking for people on campus, like professors or administration people uh, in my college to talk to. And I found the name of a guy who was the dean of the College of Letters and Science. And I set up a meeting with him, which I didn't know if that would be hard or not. It was easy. I set up this meeting um, the day came, I went into his office, sat down, and he was like, how can I help you? And I said, well, I'm here to know, to find out if you're willing to know me and to let me get to know you so that when I have a big decision to make in my life, you could be a person that helps me discern what's the best way to go. And I think that's a pretty cool thing to say as a college student. But again, I didn't read a book or something that said, here's how to engage with finding a mentor. It was it was came from a place of honest desperation, like an honest realization that I'm pretty clueless. I honestly don't know very much. And even as I've grown and learned a lot about particular things, I'm I still don't know very much, you know, I mean. Maybe that's obvious, but a lot of us forget. We forget how little we know. If you would imagine like drawing a big circle on a whiteboard and try to fill in, if that's if that circle represents all of the knowledge and wisdom available in the universe, how much can you fill in? You know, like the difference between the dot, the size of this the microscopic dot in college versus now isn't that isn't in, in comparison to what's out there. It's not that much bigger, even though I've developed mastery in some areas. Like it's still, it's, but it was that like I'm I'm just honestly in need. I I don't I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know like this is a mystery. I know some things, but really not much. And but I know there's something in me. So there's so much potential, and it's so exciting. And I I, I love the the verse in Ecclesiastes that talks about how God put eternity in our hearts. We're created in the image of God, in other words, is what it says in Genesis. We're made in the image of God. We have eternity in our hearts. There's so much going on inside of us, so much potential, a universe of potential. 
and we're and we don't really know much of anything and we're pretty small and what is this all about you know it's that tension that was like i just want to learn so this dean leans back in his chair and he stares at me for a little while i love that like pause where he's just soaking this moment in and he said i'm retiring soon and i think he said he had been in that position for 30 years 25 years something like that and he said the reason i took this position was so that i could do the very thing that you just said and you are the first student in all of my years at this university to come into my office and ask for that that was mind blowing for me Dude's been here for like 30 years and no other college student had ever walked in his office and said, are you willing to know me and let me know you so that I can make wiser decisions and feel more connected to everything and feel less aimless and clueless and feel connected? Yeah. I don't know. That's just so inspiring to me at the time. And, and he ended up inviting me to be on these committees and stuff, not because of my academic prowess, uh, but because I was curious, because I was curious and intentional, made me like a unicorn. Is that a good metaphor? Made me unique in that context. Just being curious and intentional. An older, wiser person in a place of influence was like, finally, somebody who's being curious and intentional. But again, I wasn't like, I wasn't doing that out of a place of, I'm going to be curious and intentional. I just was desperate for help because I really didn't know what I was doing and I'd finally come to terms with that and was being honest about it and honest about like I think there's something special in me I think I I think I got something in me and that humility that comes from that collision of realities inside of us it's the thing that gives us courage to seek out help to seek out wisdom Um, because you know those relationships that help us to see ourselves better and to see our context better. They help us to evolve. And I kind of like to think of it as God has given us an invitation to evolve, to grow, to become more like in, um, in my faith, like to become more like Christ, to become more like the cosmic Christ who is revealed in this person, Jesus, to become more whole to become to see the image of God become more fully fleshed out in our relationships and our creativity and our work and our rest and all of these things of what it is to be human but we have this invitation to evolve and grow and we 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 accept that invitation by stepping into relationships that help us to see ourselves help us to see ourselves better and that you know that's life giving that's exciting that's And it's hard, though, too. It's hard to see yourself clearly. It's hard to step into a situation and fear being rejected. Um, I've had people that I was really curious about, and I've sent them an email who are older, wiser, creative people in in the city that I'm in. And I would send them a message and follow up and just never respond. And it's it's kind of of sad, you know, and I developed this like chip on my shoulder towards that person. Um, when, yeah, I don't know their situation, but as a young man, you kind of like, I just feel like you're rejecting me and it's, you're, you're, you know, you're a jerk. Um, who knows why somebody would do that, but it's scary to put yourself out there and then to not be, um, responded to. I had one call. I reached out to a guy, 
I was connected to a person who was an author and a sports agent and, you know, kind of a big deal, at least regionally, and um, had a book that, you know, sold a lot of books and all that kind of stuff. And I got this call with him and I was excited to know him and let him know me and hopefully we, I could grow in this connection. And I remember got on the phone and I was like, hey, I just want to know more about you. And he cut me off and, and it was basically like, why are you wasting my time asking me questions about myself that you could have read on my website? I don't have time to tell you my life story. So he was like really rude to me. And it was hurtful. He was cussing and swearing stuff. I was like, man, like this guy, I wanted to like make fun of him, you know, but I just kind of like rounded it off, just kind of finished the call and was like, that guy's a jerk. But looking back, like maybe, maybe he had a point, you know, I don't know. It's what my point is. It's, it's, it's risky to say, I want to evolve and I want to put myself in relationship with people who are going to help me see myself more clearly. Um, Another example that was hard but turned out good, I was talking to a, a gentleman who had has become a great mentor and friend over the years. Early in our relationship, one of our first conversations, we had talked a few times, um, but he was giving me feedback about what it was like to interact with me. And he was he said, you're really creative. You have, you have creativity come, rolling off of your fingertips. I don't know what that means. I think that's what he said. And then... Um, and he said, but you have an undisciplined mind. And I was a little offended by that, you know. Um, but I, I was like, asked, instead of instead of putting up a guard and rejecting, I was like, no, I want to evolve. I'm curious what he means. I had to override my desire to say, forget you and just walk away from that relationship um, and just say, I wonder what what he means by that. And so I asked questions and I began to see, I know what he's talking about. And he's right. I, I freestyle everything. I make everything up. I don't take time to choose a path, choose words. I just, I function on intuition 100% of the time. And you start to realize you can't do that. And I, I saw that in myself sooner because of mentors like that. Um, and it's not just mentors who are older and wiser. At this stage in my life, in my early 40s, um, I'm realizing that younger mentors, peer mentors are just as important. There's a guy named Parker Palmer. He described it like standing on the globe, standing on, a, on the earth and like where I'm standing, I can see a horizon. But the people who are further along than me in life, they have a different horizon. They see more than I do. And the people who are younger than me, they see a different horizon yet. They see one that's behind me on the other side of the globe. And so I need I need both. I need to trust and uh, accept the invitation to evolve by making myself available to being known and seeking to know others for the purpose of seeing myself and my situation with clearer eyes, to see reality for what it is, to see the life that I actually have, to see what are the paths to change that. So I want to I want to wrap this up with a, a metaphor that um, a, a mentor shared with me that I just love. It's the the story of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. Uh, this friend of mine he, he uses that metaphor to talk about um, how we discern reality more effectively, how we see what's real and what's not more effectively. And he talks about how at King, with, with King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, there were these different roles 
around that table that made it powerful. One was King Arthur the Visionary who could see what was possible and inspire towards this picture of what might be done, what, what might be accomplished. And then you had the knights who were these principled pragmatists who would know how to get that done and execute on the vision. And, and then there's the, the Merlin character who's the seer, the sage, who knows history, knows the future, um, sees patterns and can hold the king accountable by saying, hey, like that's a, that's a vision, great vision. But remember, other kings have done that before and here's how it resulted. Or, hey, that's a great vision, but remember your actual purpose right now. You're losing sight of that. Um, so that big picture. But then there was a fourth character at that round table, the jester. I believe his name was Dragonette. And the jester, his job was the crap detector. He could call things out and get away with saying things that nobody else could. For example, the jester would be doing a show in front of a bunch of people and the king and the jester could make fun of the people and the jester could make fun of the king and um, the king would keep his ego intact but walk away knowing how the people actually think of him. Humor would be used to reveal to people um, what was really being thought. What was what? Are, what is it like to to be around me as the king? I'm learning that through humor, which allows you know the just the the king to keep his ego and the jester to keep his head. Um, but if you look at that that holistic picture of reality of understanding there's like there's times in our lives where people help us to see vision that we won't have and there's there's times in our life where people come alongside of us and help us to see how to get something done on a pragmatic tip and then there's sages there's people who see help us see the big picture and help us to see patterns and then there's the crap detectors who just will tell us like hey you're being arrogant right now and we receive it because we trust them um that's that's a picture of how it happens and, and if we're to evolve as people, it's like we got to be willing to hear the hard things that come from those different voices and to admit that we don't really know uh, how to get there. Or, I don't know, I lack vision in this area. Or, man, like, I don't know if this is wise or not. Or I don't know what it's like to really interact with me, to see myself. Um, to, I don't know what it's like to interact with me on the other side of the table. So let, let me, let me kind of wrap it up with this. Um, don't be afraid of finding out how little you know and how far you have to go as a person. Because what's in you and who you are is a being, a reality that can literally evolve for eternity. For you to become more like, as I said, to become more like Christ to become more fully the human that God has created you to be is an eternal, everlasting process of discovery and excitement and falling in love with people, with ideas, with nature, with life, and discovering disillusionments of, wow, I didn't see it, how, I, how reality actually is. I, there's more, there's more, like this, this, ongoing evolution of our understanding of reality like don't be afraid to face how little you really know and and to be honest with what you do know where you're actually at that's one part of it the other part of it is don't be afraid to believe in your potential don't be afraid to believe 
to believe that God can and will do amazing things through your life, just know that the most substantive place for those amazing things to happen is not in what um, maybe maybe popular culture or certain norms in the professional world. It's it's not the stuff that happens on a stage in front of a ton of people. It's the stuff that happens in a room with a couple of people where you contribute something or say something that shifts a reality in somebody else's life, gives them direction, gives them courage, that changes something in reality. Like your potential to make massive eternal impact in this world is beyond comprehension. And some of that is on a big scale, but big scale doesn't mean numbers necessarily. Sometimes it does. It's usually going deeper into what is actually real right now. What is real at this moment? Being great in what is real right now is where things start to explode. I don't even know if that makes sense when I say it. But there's just, yeah, like we, we, we don't know a lot. We are so far from knowing everything, but we are so full of potential. And the power of that mixture is available and wants to be released right where we are, not in some future reality. So where we are, we look around and we're like, who can help me see myself better? What kind of questions can I ask to help me see myself better? And what kind of questions can I ask to know somebody else more so that I have relationships that I can lean on and enjoy when I'm making big decisions in my life? So yeah, one of the most important questions I ever asked was, are you willing to know me and let me know you? I have just one more thing I want to tell you about that Dean from my college. Um, There was a time when we were walking from some meeting back to his office through a stairwell and he stopped me in the stairwell and he said, hey, uh, we've been getting to know each other for a while. I just have to tell you that I, I, I'm a cancer survivor and having cancer forced me to think about my life and my death um, and to think deeper about things in general. And I know you came to me for, for wisdom and guidance, but I see that you know, there's some things I could learn from you about faith. He, because I was honest with him about like my spiritual journey at that time, especially I was just trying to figure it out, and I was really hungry, and I, I was discovering that I was made, I was created, and that God was active in the world and hidden in this very intentional and mysterious way that was a pursuit of us. And like, I, anyways, it was just I was experiencing all this cool stuff, and I was processing it with him, and he stopped me and said, like, I, I I'd like to learn about some of that from you. And I don't know, I've just, I always look back to that moment as a sign of how beautiful things really can be in relationships. When we're curious, when we're humble, when we believe in ourselves and in others, and we persevere, and we don't give up by trying to convince ourselves we already know it all. I mean, even in that moment where he's saying, like, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Again, it's not because I had some incredible wisdom at that time. It was just he saw that I was genuinely curious 
and that I was honest about not knowing what was going on. It was my understanding of how little I knew and my honest pursuit of insight that made him comfortable seeking that out in me. If we forget that we are small and if we forget that we are made in God's image, it's easy to resist evolution that brings joy and life and excitement and it's hard sometimes but but it's beautiful and it's good and it's possible thank you for listening to this little reflection on the peg leg podcast peace